Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to another Monday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. I'm so glad to have you here for this episode of The Inner Life. And let me ask you, what do you do when you come face-to-face with temptation? What's that one area of your life where you face that regular, that ongoing temptation? We all have that one thing in our lives that we really struggle with. We really have to work at resisting that familiar sin might be something where you indulge more than you should, maybe food, maybe spending frivolously, and that can lead to a gluttonous attitude. It might be something where you deal with an addiction, maybe substances or gambling, or maybe it's those images on your computer that lead to those impure thoughts. might be something else. Whatever it is that you struggle with, how do you try and combat that temptation? One thing that I was thinking about today If you're familiar with the story of the Lord of the Rings, you'll know that J.R.R. Tolkien dealt with many themes throughout his Middle-earth epic, but one theme that really stands out for me is that of trying to resist temptation and the consequences of giving in to temptation. Now, the books and the movies, they've grown in mainstream popularity over the past couple of decades. I'm going to presume that most of you probably have heard any spoilers out there for The Lord of the Rings, but here's your warning. If for some reason you're really just holding out and you, you, you know, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some spoilers ahead here. So in The Lord of the Rings, we follow Frodo. He's this little hobbit, and he finds himself in possession of a ring, and he learns it's a ring of power, not just any ring of power. In fact, it's the one ring of power. It symbolizes evil, and it's connected in a very real way to the Dark Lord Sauron, the antagonist of the story. And Frodo, he ends up becoming part of this group. This group is called the Fellowship of the Ring. And the basic story is they're going to try and destroy this ring, rid Middle-earth of evil. But the only problem is the ring can only be destroyed in the fires of this mountain called Mount Doom. And it's a far-off mountain in the land of Mordor. And so, of course, as they make this journey out there, there's all kinds of adventures and close calls as Frodo and the Fellowship, they make their journey out there. But as Frodo continues to carry this ring, he finds himself struggling. He wants the power of the ring. He wants it for himself, and it keeps pulling at him. It keeps drawing on him. And he, he's continually tempted through the journey. He keeps resisting up to the point to where he's completely exhausted. He's beat up. And he finally makes it into the heart of Mount Doom where he could finally destroy that ring, but that's where he finally succumbs. He gives in to the draw, the pull of that ring, and he puts it on his finger to claim it as his own. Now, there's another character that's been following along on this journey, and he's been going along to Mount Doom. He's even more obsessed with the ring. 
He wants it for himself, and this is a character named Gollum. And there's a long backstory, and I won't go into that, about his connection to the ring, but suffice it to say that he's so overwhelmed with needing the ring that he's willing to do anything. He starts fighting Frodo. And when I say he's willing to do anything to get it, I really mean that, to the point that he finally bites off Frodo's finger to get the ring. And when he finally has it, he has it back in his possession. Gollum is so ecstatic that he doesn't pay attention to any of his surroundings. His only focus has been getting that ring. And he thinks it's going to make everything perfect. Everything's going to be better. Does that sound familiar? When you deal with temptation, you think if you have that thing, if you give in, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be better. Everything's going to, it'll give you the thing you've been craving. And that's the way it is with Gollum. And while he's there celebrating on the cliffs in Mount Doom, he loses his footing and he falls into the heart of Mount Doom, falls into that fire, that lava, and the ring falls with him. The ring is finally destroyed. It's, it frees Middle-earth from the evil of Sauron, the evil that that ring had been imposing on the land. And that temptation, giving into it, it leaves some real scars. Frodo has a permanent scar, the loss of his finger. And for Gollum, it's a much greater price. It's the loss of his life. And Tolkien, writing The Lord of the Rings, he was a devout Catholic, so you can probably see that correlation between the ring and the burden that we each have with original sin passed down from Adam and Eve. And sometimes you can feel like you're so overwhelmed with the temptation in front of you. It feels like if you don't give in, you're just going to be driven crazy. You know, you don't have any hope of avoiding that sin. But Tolkien, he was actually very deliberate about the destruction of the ring in his story. You might not know there's only two dates that are given in The Lord of the Rings, two different dates, and one of them is the day that the ring is destroyed in Mount Doom. In fact, it's coming up in only 10 days, March 25th. And you might say, well, why is that significant? It's significant because it's the Feast of the Annunciation. That's when the Archangel Gabriel comes and tells Mary that she's been chosen to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And when Mary accepts her role in salvation history, she says those words, be it done unto me according to your word. And at that very moment, then Jesus becomes incarnate. He's fully God and fully human at that moment. Born nine months later, he lives for 33 years, he dies on a cross, he rises from the grave, and because of Mary's acceptance, because of her yes given at that moment, it opens the door for all of us, all of humanity, to be saved. It gives us hope for good to triumph over evil. It gives us hope to actually resist temptation now that the stain of original sin can be wiped away. But we still struggle, right? You struggle, I struggle. So how do we overcome temptation? And how can facing and dealing with temptation help us to grow in holiness? How can it lead to our sanctification? That's what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life and want to hear from you about when you've been faced with temptation and, and maybe you've found those ways that you've been able to overcome it. You've found some helpful strategies to say, stay strong when you're tempted. Maybe there's something that you're struggling with right now and you're not sure how to avoid the temptation. Well, uh, that's why we talk with our spiritual directors. And one of those regular voices, he's here with us today, Father Peter Cameron. He's a Dominican priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, and he's the prior of St. Patrick Priory there in Columbus. And Father Peter, so glad to welcome you back here to The Inner Life today. It's a great joy to be with you, Josh, and your listeners. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and so... 
I thought as we got started here talking about temptation, it might be good for us to discuss what temptation is and what it is not, because temptation itself is not sin, but we can carry some guilt a lot of times when we're struggling with that temptation. So can you help us kind of understand and and put temptation, maybe uh, frame it in its right uh, state for us? It's an awesome question, and uh, the best way to really answer it is to say this, that temptation is a gift. I know it's shocking. I know it seems completely opposed to uh, our our instinctual um, sense of what temptation is, but the reality is that temptation is um, something, a device that God uses in his divine, loving, tender providence to draw us more and more into intimacy with himself, perfecting us so that we can be saints. And what temptation is able to accomplish in us is matched by really nothing else in the process of sanctification. And that's one of the reasons why our Lord himself, as he begins his ministry, spends 40 days, and that's what our 40 days of Lent symbolizes, spends days in the desert where he allows himself to undergo three terrible temptations by the devil. So as we're looking at how temptation, you you talk about it as a gift, and there's a lot of times where we can battle with temptation and it leaves us feeling like we've gone through the ringer. Um, So how does that help us grow in holiness? I'm thinking of of Jesus. He's been fasting for 40 days. At the end of that period, you know, he has Satan who comes to him and says, you know, uh, uh, pray that these stones be turned into bread, or um, shows him all of the kingdoms of the world and says, just bow down before me, and you won't have to go through any of the suffering and pain that you know is ahead of you. You won't have to do any of that if you just just bow down and worship me. I'll give you all these kingdoms. You won't have to fight for them. Uh, when we're at our weakest, it can be such a struggle. And when when we overcome those temptations, great, but it's so easy to fail at that point. Sure. So, And that's part of, of the divine wisdom in, in the skirmish of, of temptation, because the Catechism teaches very beautifully that what the devil is trying to accomplish by undermining uh, the Lord uh, with his attempts at tempting him, he's trying to get Jesus to compromise what the Catechism calls his filial attitude toward God. That is to say, he wants Jesus to treat his father like an enemy, like an antagonist. And that somehow God the Father is not only not there to help him, but he's opposed to Jesus' happiness. He's conspiring against him by letting the devil uh, invade his life and and infect him with all of the uh, sinisterness of hell. And... And, and it's horrible, it's horrible for Jesus, and it's horrible for ourselves, but the reality is, when Jesus emerges from that desert after 40 days, he's not the same man that he was when he entered, and the same is true of us 
when we are tempted. So Jesus, who goes into the desert loving his Father, emerges from the desert loving him more. He has a deeper certainty, a deeper confidence, a deeper passion to enter into his passion because he has experienced uh, the, 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 what do you want to call it, the, the ordeal of, of human temptation. Of course, there's no sun in Jesus, so his, his struggle with temptation is not the result of original sin, as it is in our case. But he's gone through the same horrible dynamic of, that we experience, and he, at every moment, surrenders himself in trust to his Father. And so now he's even more on fire to get to the cross and to do that knowing that he's loved, that his father, he doesn't treat his father as um, a, a, a power broker or someone who's just going to feed him or um, somebody who is just going to uh, spoil him with all of the good things that the world has to offer. These constitute the three temptations of the devil but rather he's a father who's calling him to life, who's wooing him to life. And that's what every temptation is. Uh, is why, that's why it's permitted in our life, to give us the certainty that there's a father who loves us and who is calling us to, uh, as Jesus says, to I, I've come that they may have life and have it in, in its fullness and its abundance. But it comes only by the act of renunciate, renouncing the, the things that temptation makes us renounce, leaving unimportant things or things that really don't deserve to have priority aside and clinging to the Father as sons and daughters of God the Father. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much to unpack right there, Father. Um, we're talking about temptation here on the Inner Life today, and uh, maybe there's been that time where you've faced temptation and you have been able to overcome it. Uh, were there some strategies or something helpful in what you faced that allowed you to overcome it? Is there something maybe right now that you're struggling with and you're not sure how you're going to avoid that temptation? Um, uh, our phone lines are open right now. You can give us a call, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Our spiritual director, Father Peter Cameron, a Dominican priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. And Father, as we're looking at this, you mentioned a couple of things that really stood out to me. One, in Jesus' temptation, and then we can you know, personify this in our own lives, God is opposed to our happiness. You know, you said uh, that's one of the temptations that Satan was trying to put across there. It makes me think of yeah. of Eve in the garden. You know, um, yep. you're not able to eat any of the fruit in the garden? Well, no, that's that's not what he said. But, you know, again, right. God is against your, your happiness. He doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't—so uh, there's that. So it makes me think, on one hand, we need to kind of readjust our view of— what true happiness is, if we can have it twisted that way. But then you talk about that after this temptation, it made Jesus even more on fire on his path on the road to the cross to go ahead and embrace what was ahead of him. And I guess that's juxtaposed against God really does have what's best for us in mind. He wants us to be happy, but Jesus is looking ahead. Are we also looking ahead then and saying, I know God wants me to be happy, but I might be facing some really, really tough times ahead. 
even if God has my happiness in mind? Well, of course, it's a huge question, and Jesus himself tells us that we have to expect that. I mean, when at the very right. moment of the conversion of Saul on the road to Damascus, and when he's when he's filling Saul in, he, he, the first thing he says to him is, you know, you're going to have to suffer for my name. So if it's true of, of this man, it's going to be true of us as well. But to simplify this, I think it's it's very important to, to look at this uh, from its most fundamental uh position, which is this. If Jesus was tempted, and he's God, uh, then we can ask ourselves, well then, who does God tempt? Does he tempt people who are bad, who are already lost and caught up in a life of sin and, and dereliction and are fallen away? Or does he call people who are, does he tempt people who are good? And the temptation of his own son in the desert seems to indicate that he tempts people who are good. And if you think about this just from the point of view of a kind of an algebra, why in the world would the devil, who has plenty of things to do, waste his time tempting people who are already lost, who are already given over to sin? He doesn't need to do that because sinners are perfectly proficient at doing that on their own. Which means that if you're being tempted, this is a great thing. Because it means that you are on the path to holiness. So much so that you have caught the attention of the devil, who has to stop what he's doing to try to pry you away from your intimacy with God, because he sees it to be a threat. People who are tempted are people who stand to somehow imperil the sanctity, the, the security of Satan. And that's why he has to undertake these measures, some of which are, are, are pretty devious and um, pretty elaborate, in order to try to wrest us away from God so that he can, he can, he can take the saint who has capitulated sin, and now he's going to wave that that. that that person in front of the face of the Father, as if to say, here's the trophy uh, that I was able, this this person who was meant to be a saint, I have snatched away from you, and, and I've, I've claimed him. So if we're being tempted, the first thing that we should, even though we feel dirty, even though we feel unworthy, even though we feel like we've disappointed God, even though that we feel like God has checked out on us and has let us down, the reality is, if we're being tempted, it's a sign that we are really on the path to sanctification because, as they say, we're worthy of the devil's attention. And our our first uh, truthful, honest response should be one of thankfulness because we've been confirmed by the very fact that hell is coming after us. We've been confirmed that we are people of a certain measure of holiness. And even the saints say this, you know, for example, St. Ambrose says, the devil always envies those who strive for better things. So if you're being tempted, you're somebody who's striving for better things. Or St. Hilary of Poitiers says, the devil tempts those who are sanctified, for he desires above all to overcome the holy. So it's, it's, even though it's a terrible uh, feeling and we, we feel completely um, undone by temptation, the reality is that it's, it's something that 
uh, really is a cause for great encouragement, St. John Chrysostom. The devil would not have attacked you if he had not seen that you had been raised to a position of great honor. So I think that's the starting point. Our spiritual director today, Father Peter Cameron, a Dominican priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. And we're talking about temptation. When have you faced that temptation? And how were you able to overcome it? Has it helped you grow in that holiness, in that sanctification? Has God been able to use it to move you to greater things in your life? What are some of the strategies, some of the helpful things that you did in facing that temptation? Or maybe you're facing a temptation right now and need a little help, a little advice, a little encouragement. You can give us a call, 888-914-9149. That's the phone number, 888-914-9149. You can email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. More on sanctification right after this, here on Relevant Radio. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Peter Cameron, Dominican priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, and prior of St. Patrick Priory there in Columbus. We're talking about temptation and how that can have an impact on our life. In fact, not, not that it's a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing. It helps us to grow in holiness, helps us to grow in sanctification. And when have you faced that temptation, and how has it helped you grow in your relationship with Christ? And how have you been able to overcome that temptation? Maybe it's something you're still struggling with, and uh, you have to look for those, those helpful ways, those strategies to overcome it. And uh, that's why we're here. You can call in and speak with Father Peter, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. And Father Peter, um, as we're talking here, one of the things that you said right before the break, you were talking about that God brings us temptation or God, you know, tempts us. And that's one of those things that it made me think immediately of the model prayer, the Our Father, that Jesus teaches his disciples when they say, teach us to pray. And in that, he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So even looking at that, uh, God allowing us to be tempted or leading us into temptation, um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about in the break is when we look at that temptation, it kind of gives us an indication of where God wants us to grow. Uh, no, absolutely it does. And uh, I just want to clarify in case I was I was unclear that I would say it's true to say that God permits temptations. I, I would not say that he himself actually is um, sort of uh, causes them, but he permits them to happen to us. And that's part of his permissive will, which is, is, is uh, very good and what is going to bring us the holiness that we're looking for. And even in the prayer that Jesus teaches us, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, there is this beautiful petition, as you say, that lead us not into temptation. So it's, it seems to be a contradiction. Well, if 
we can't help but avoid temptation if temptations are good, especially because they confirm that we're on the path to holiness, then what are we asking for and why does God permit them if he teaches us not not to, to, to pray not to be tempted? And the one who really answers this, I think, most beautifully is Pope Benedict XVI in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, because he, he, he explains this petition. He says, we're, what we're really saying to God is, I know I need trials, that my nature can't be purified without them. And if you think of, about anything in life, it, the, what brings it to its, its excellence, what makes it become um, what it's really uh, destined to be, what, what turns something potential into something actual and, and, and something praiseworthy, are the trials that it goes through. So he says, I know I need trials so that my nature can be purified. So when you decide to send me these trials, this is Pope Benedict XVI, when you give evil some room to maneuver, then please remember that my strength goes only so far. So don't overestimate my capacity. In other words, he's saying, let my struggle with weakness be an occasion to cry out in confidence to you. Don't let it become something that does me in. Don't let me don't let me succumb to the wiles of the evil one and to go over to the dark side. You know, as to, to refer back to uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, image that you began the show with, Joss. Rather, let me depend on you, and let me beg from you for the strength that I need to be able to rise above this temptation, because that's the whole point of temptation, is to instill a trust by which we are absolutely rock-solid certain that God will love us and give us what we need at the moment that we feel most unworthy and undeserving of it. And that's exactly how temptation makes us feel. Father Peter, let's go to the phones. We've got a lot of people who are calling in here. And again, if you're listening and you'd like to call in and uh, like to talk about temptations that you're struggling with, or especially if you've been able to overcome those at a certain time in your life and what has helped you in those, uh, then you can give us a call, 888-914-9149. We've got Isaac, who's listening to Relevant Radio in California. Hi, Isaac. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm a pretty old guy now. I'm a Vietnam-era Marine. I'm in my 70s and uh, never talked to this to, to anyone. But what had happened to me was that my buddies used to uh, go pay and lie with women, you know, and uh, they just harangued me about it over and over. They just wouldn't let it go. It was constant, constant stabs at me. And I'm a Catholic. I was catechized. And I'll never forget uh, Father talking to us about sin and being penitent and bringing up uh, St. Augustine to us. But anyway, what happened is that I finally gave in and I went with him and just to stop it. But all the way there, all I could be thinking is what a terrible, sinful thing this would be, you know, a deadly sin. And I let them think I did because I went in and to the room with the, the young woman and I sat there and I looked at her and all I could think about was my mom, my sister, and that, that she's someone's daughter, you know, and we basically, we just talked. And then uh, I left that room, went outside and met up with my buddies. And of course they're celebrating now and all that. And I've just carried the weight of that all my life that I let them think it, you know, 
that the sin still was went on because I let them think it. And I, uh, of course, have uh, uh, asked many times for forgiveness for the sin, but I've never talked to anyone about it, not even my wife about it or my children, something that I've carried with me. But I have to remember that, you know, I'll never forget it as I was walking towards there, I just kept saying Our Father and Hail Mary and thinking about, you know, how the angel Gabriel came to the to the Virgin Mother, and and uh, it was just uh, that 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 uh, I think gave me the strength, but still I just felt deeply that I failed. Well, Isaac, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'm very moved by uh, this this beautiful witness that you're giving, and it reminds me of a gospel that we had just a few days ago for Lent of the two men that go to the chapel to the temple to pray, one of whom is very righteous, and the other is a tax collector who beats his breast and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says he goes home justified, and I think that's what he wants to say to you. Because, um, okay, yeah, you were weak, and you, you, you gave in, but you, you gave in because you were badgered. You didn't give in because you wanted to go after this pleasure, or you wanted in any way to turn your back on God, you, 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 and it seems like these other folks kind of took advantage of your goodness, and in fact, that's why they were pressing you so much to do this, because they saw how good you were and that you, you were a man of faith. But in any event, you, I think you're healing a lot of people by this very humble confession, and it's beautiful that you've asked God for forgiveness and you can renew that sorrow for this sin, and but certain that God can even make something good out of uh, this bad thing that happened because you uh, you're 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 so simple and humble and in, in giving it to God. And Father, as Isaac has been sharing his story here, there's a lot of people who have a hard time letting go of something, even if they they didn't commit an actual sin. They just have that baggage that kind of hangs on. And as we talked at the beginning of the show, temptation itself isn't sin, but even asking no. for forgiveness, even even going through that, and you hold on to that. Is there a practical way that Isaac can be able to just let go of that that you could advise? Well, I would say, you know, pray as as he did. Pray for the woman that was in the room with. Pray for these men. And ask uh, and and pray for anyone that he might have uh, given some some degree of scandal to just just ask god to to wherever there's darkness because of that whole situation just to come in but um and in that situation i mean it, it's really it, it requires a heroic degree of right, virtue to right. be able to withstand that but um in, in general it's important for people to keep in mind if they feel somehow like second-class citizens because they're being tempted. The reality is the the moment, the time we should really be anxious about our spiritual life is when we stop being tempted because it means that the devil doesn't need to come after us because we're making a good enough mess of our life on our own. Mm. So when the temptations come, as terrible as they are, even something like that, you know, it's the time to say, basically, it's basically, it's, it's the time to say to the devil, 
um, you know, thank you for showing me um, not only that I belong to God, but thank you for showing me the area in my life where I need to improve. Because sometimes we don't know how to grow in the spiritual life. And so when uh, when the temptations come, we realize, okay, well, this is the place where I really have to dedicate all of my effort now to grow in holiness. There, may, there might be 57 different things I should be doing, but this is the area that is the most critical, and it's the temptation that has made it um, apparent to me. So, you know, we can be thankful that the the devil does that for us, and then just tell him to go home which is to go to hell. <laughs> right. Well, the other thing that Isaac makes me think of, too, is, uh, you know, he's talking about praying on his journey there and how it was just hanging on him that whole time. There's, uh, It makes me think we can't probably say enough about having a well-formed conscience and how that really can yeah. help guide us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true, and um, and and one of the other things, but it, it was very difficult in in this situation, is that he was alone in in his uh, in his desire to to live for God, and the devil goes after people who are isolated in the living out of their holiness, and that's why, to the degree that we can, you know, to have other to be to have others with us who are going to help us stay strong and are going to bolster us in living our faith and who are going to encourage us that yes um, living living for God is 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 the only true path to happiness that that keeps us strong you know this, this is St John Chrysostom again it is when he sees us alone that the devil most especially assails us by tempting us right Thus yeah. did he tempt the woman in the beginning when he found her apart from her husband. Well, and that that reminds me, too, of people going through a 12-step program, you know, that um, they always have a sponsor. They always have somebody that they can call when they're really struggling. But you really have to trust that person. It's not—it's, I mean, going into a confessional and knowing there's that seal of the confessional, that's hard enough to admit wrongdoings, failings there— uh, to admit it to a fellow uh, believer, a fellow uh, you know Christian, a Catholic, uh, you really have to have that trust for that person who's coming alongside and helping you on this journey. We really do, yes. And uh, as as terrible as the the situation is that Isaac outlined, both for him and and just in general. I can't help but think that the woman in that room must have been utterly surprised, and who knows? Maybe it was a turning point for him, for her, because here was a man who was refusing to objectify her and take advantage of her. And, and treat her like a person, right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe all of that needed to happen so that she could meet Isaac and finally realize that she has a dignity and that she's loved in a way that she had never experienced before that that encounter with him. Our spiritual director today, Father Peter Cameron, a Dominican priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. We're talking about temptation, 
How has facing temptation in your life helped you grow in holiness? How have you been able to overcome those temptations? Maybe it's something you're still struggling with, but you're praying for God's grace and the ability to continue to resist that sin, resist that temptation. You can give us a call and share your story, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Email innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come right after this here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond along with our spiritual director, Father Peter Cameron, a Dominican priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. And want to ask you, hey, have you heard that Drew Mariani has written a brand new book? It's entitled Divine Mercy. And it's actually a fantastic read. I had a chance to proof the, the copy before it went to the printer. Uh, if you're brand new to the devotion and the message of Divine Mercy, or maybe you're already familiar with it, doesn't matter. You're going to get something out of this book. Um, Drew ends up sharing the message that Jesus gave to St. Saint, Saint Faustina and some of the history there, along with many, many stories of miracles and people who have been transformed by the message of Divine Mercy, God's healing mercy. And it really, the thing that I walked away after reading it was, okay, I want to go back and I want to read the full diary of Divine Mercy, but I also, I want to share that message with other people. I want to make them aware of this devotion. And the best thing about this book, it's absolutely free. There's no shipping, there's no handling, nothing. All you have to do is uh, just sign up at RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. You can get your free copy that way. And again, just go to our website, RelevantRadio.com, or go to the Relevant Radio app. You'll see a banner. Just click the button to register for Drew Mariani's book, Divine Mercy. We're talking about temptation today here on The Inner Life, and uh, Father Peter, as we were talking, an email came in, and uh, Jennifer, she said, I was diagnosed with severe diabetes three days ago. Already I couldn't eat gluten and dairy, and I have many food allergies. Now I'm limited even further, but because of my health, I have to succeed here. My husband and my son are constantly eating these good-looking foods, and I can't have them. So she's looking for a little advice, and I thought this might be a good opportunity as well for us to talk about when we are faced with those moments of temptation. You know, uh, Jennifer here has um, something very specific to her, but we all have that certain temptation that seems to be the, the one that comes up in our lives. What's something practical we can do initially, and what are some good steps when we are facing that temptation to deal with it? I think it's a great uh, question to to deal with, especially during Lent, because the reality is the way that we respond the second after a temptation comes is a very good indication of our spiritual condition. So if if we beat ourselves up, it's a sign that um, uh, 
we're we're not completely in the light of Christ because we don't we're not looking at temptation as a gift. And, or if we think, okay, it's coming now, I really have to use all of my willpower to fight this temptation off. Once again, we're not living um, uh, the life of of grace the way that God is calling us to, because uh, we we we're not mindful of the reality that. We don't have the ability to fight off temptations. That, that's not what it's about. It's rather following through the will of God as it continues to reveal itself moment by moment in the process of being tempted. I mean, if you look at how Jesus responds in the devil, he doesn't, in the desert, he doesn't even take the devil on directly. He just quotes scripture as if to say, okay, I know that this is happening. I don't really know uh, what the whole thing is about because it's the first time he's experiencing it. But I know my father is here and I can find him by being true to his word and by living in that word, living in that grace. So when temptations come, the, the first thing that we have to recognize is, yes, we're being tempted. And so we have to face the truth of temptation, which is, three things. That temptation is a gift from God. He's allowing the temptation to happen because he loves us and he wants to be able to love us more. And and the experience of being victorious in temptation opens us up and creates a space into which he can pour all of this grace. So that's, that's part of the truth. Secondly, God never allows us to be tempted beyond our ability. St. Paul speaks about this. So if the temptation is coming, and if it's pushing us to the very edges of our strength, that's true, because he wants to make us stronger, just like when you're working out with weights. after You, you feel the collapse after you've done so many reps, but the next day you can do a few more, because being pushed to the very limits of our, of our ability gives us new abilities. And also that every temptation is an invitation, and it's an invitation to deeper trust in God and to letting him purify us and perfect Him, perfect us according to his plan. So we face the truth of temptation. We don't beat ourselves up because we're tempted. We say, okay, I'm being tempted. God, there's something you want to do for me. I mean, if you read The Imitation of Christ, the author there... Uh, Thomas uh, Akempis, uh, right. The, the, Thomas the Kempis, you know, he says, God, speaking in the voice of God, he says, I only visit my people in two ways, consolation and temptation. Those are the only two. I always wish there was a third. I think the third should be <laughs> lasagna, but that's because I'm half Italian. But, but, and that's a form of consolation. But, okay, so we, we acknowledge that we're tempted, and we live the truth of what temptation is. We don't let ourselves get blackmailed by temptation. And secondly, we, we simply acknowledge our powerlessness over temptation. Yes, I'm being tempted, and I'm powerless, but I don't live according to myself. I'm baptized. I have a, a sacred seal on, on my soul. So I fly to that name that can save me from every evil and from every skirmish with hell, and I completely surrender and abandon myself to that. And that's the trust that Jesus is is begging to elicit from us. And that's the only reason why God allows that temptation. And if we have to do that five or 15 or 50 times a day, then we just do it. Because every time that we cry out to Jesus with that kind of certainty, 
our bonds of, of intimacy with him are only fused that much uh, stronger. We, we, we come out of every uh, skirmish with sin, of, of temptation, better friends with Jesus. And lastly, we, we have to say his holy name. And, and and say that name repeatedly until uh, the temptation passes. And and of course we help ourselves. And this gets to Jennifer's question simply by you know we pray lead us not into temptation. Well, we can't lead ourselves into temptation either. So we have to turn away from looking at the things that would entice us and and set our eyes and also our thoughts on things that are, are good in and of themselves and good for us and let and 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 get a satisfaction that is also going to bring us peace by um letting our attention rest there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's tough in the moment. And Jennifer, if you're listening still, uh, I'm lactose intolerant. I completely understand. Uh, there are times that my family's eating, you know, pizza or macaroni and cheese, or especially in the summer, having uh, ice cream on a hot summer day. And it is, it's it's a challenge to watch everybody. I listen. I love lasagna, but uh, I, I have to be pretty cautious on on eating that too. There, um, Father Peter. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Teresa who's listening. Mojave Valley, Arizona. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Thank you, and praise the Lord. God bless both of you and Absolutely Relevant Radio. Uh, in 1992, I was living with a lover, swearing like a trucker, and I desperately needed God because I was in a legal situation. And um, the I picked up a book called True Life and God by Vasula Ryden, and I read it with messages from Jesus, and I got on my knees and I asked him, Please don't abandon me. He, the next morning I woke up, my swearing was lifted, my anger was lifted, and my addiction to that man that came with me was lifted. And he was in shock, and he read the books. He received his conversion, and he moved to Missouri. Uh, about three months later, I was able to go visit him, and yes, I got back together with him physically, and God put shame on my heart. And I've never done that since again, praise the Lord. But I learned that I had to, you know, change, you know, like the 12-step program, people, places, and things. I had to stop listening to secular music, uh, going to the singles organizations that I was going to. Uh, I About two years ago, I, I dated a man, and I just said, hey, I don't kiss because it gets in trouble. And uh, we dated about six months, and it was just casual. But things would come out of his mouth, and I'd say, do you think he was Catholic? Do you think St. Joseph would say that to the Blessed Mother? And so I just stopped it. I just stopped the whole thing, and I have been able to live in a state of grace ever since. Also, I surrounded myself with all my God stuff, all my pictures, and and I wear a rosary, and and, and God is with me. and, And... Yes, we can do it through the grace of God, but we have to, we have to, you know, stop listening to music and watching things on TV that that trigger those memories, and that's how I've been able to do it. And Teresa, thanks so much for sharing. Father, I just want to let you know we're down to just a couple of minutes here, but one thing that kind of mm-hmm. jumps out in my mind is Teresa is sharing is what we pray in the act of contrition that you know we we want to avoid those near occasions of sin. Yeah. 
Yes, and I mean, that witness is so powerful and so beautiful, but it also points to your um, courage, uh, Teresa, and also your your beautiful faithfulness. I mean, that you, you sensed, first of all, that this was not really... Um, satisfying you and making you happy that your happiness was in the one that that gave you this heart and that you weren't you couldn't be happy until your heart was settled on something infinite and that you would make this sacrifice and that's really what you're talking about that the more we live a life of sacrifice and that's what why mass is a sacrifice and why we're getting ready for the sacrifice of of Good Friday, the more we surrender ourselves to the sacrifice, the more our capacity for happiness grows. And yes, the 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 more ease we develop when 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 temptations come. They don't de- derail us, but rather they're a cause for just giving ourselves more and more to God. And that's why temptation is a gift, because it's his way of showing us into his arms in a way that we wouldn't be able to find without trial. Uh, Our spiritual director, Father Peter Cameron, if you took anything away from today, I think it's going to be that temptation is a gift. And we look at that and say that's how God's working in our lives. Father, here in the last uh, 20 seconds, can I ask you to give a blessing for all of our listeners today? Yes, O most merciful Father, look upon all of those who are listening. You know their needs, you know their struggles. Love them and bring them your life. We beg this in your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Peter Cameron, Dominican priest in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, thank you so much for being here. And we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio. Father Luke Ferris is the celebrant. And tomorrow, make sure to join us, Father Bobby Blood. He's going to be along uh, discussing, even though we're more than halfway through Lent, it's not too late. If you haven't started, you can still do it. You can still make it a great Lent. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.